0: What's going on, folks? Thanks for hitting that download button and checking out a brand new episode of Toys and Tech of the Trade, your one-stop shop for toys, tech, and talk with some assembly required. I'm your host, Rich, and if this is the first time you're checking out an episode, first of all, welcome. Second, a bit about what we do here. Toys and Tech of the Trade is an interview series where we sit down with content creators, entrepreneurs, and just awesome folks that are on our radar and discuss the gadgets, the gear, and the tech that they use to run their businesses, create their content, and overall, be more productive. When it comes to toys, we like to say toys in quotes around here because it's not just the usual stuff of action figures, Funko Pops, collectibles, and things of that sort. You'd be surprised what people consider their toys, and we like to showcase those interests with the rest of our audience. Plus, it gives us a little bit more personal insight into how our guests tick, and it lets us nerd out a little bit about stuff that we were into when we were growing up. Or, hell, stuff that we're collecting now. With that out of the way, I just want to get some housekeeping done before we get into this week's episode. First off, I want to thank so many of you that checked out the back-to-school or virtual school gear guide. A lot of great feedback, a lot of people asking questions about gear and additional recommendations via social, etc., and it got me thinking, and I wanted to pose it to you, the listener. Uh, some people have asked if I would be willing to, in addition to how we do product reviews on RageWorks.net and even some stuff on YouTube, which I've been slacking on quite honestly, if I'd be interested in or would consider doing uh, product and toy reviews just in an audio format that people can listen to on the ride to work, etc. cetera, and... I'm a little unsure about exploring it just because it's something that obviously when you're reviewing action figures or certain pieces of tech, you kind of want that visual to get an understanding of what the product is, see it in action, etc. But there are some of you that would still want to hear it, get some insight, and then either explore more about the product in written format if we do a review on the site or just check out the products yourselves. But before I go down that rabbit hole, if I were going to do that, I'd want to do it as just small in between episodes using a a Tim Ferriss term, just quick five, maybe 10 minutes tops about certain toys and certain products. And like I said, I don't want to water down what we're doing with toys and tech of the trade. So if I did it, it would be like something very brief experimental. And if it works, we can throw them in there maybe on the off weeks or we just throw them in there as products come in to give you folks insight and real world views on certain products. But before I go down that hole, like I said, I want to pose the question to you, the listener. Uh, Feel free to reach out rich at rageworks.net and we'll be posing it in our Facebook fan page for Rageworks and maybe our Facebook group as well, and maybe on Twitter also, just to see what people come back with. Like I said, you can email me if you don't want your opinion public, rich at rageworks.net. Let me know your thoughts on that and if that's something you'd be interested in and would want to hear as extra content for Toys and Tech of the Trade. Um, since this week it's our 40th episode, Uh, Number one, I'm a little late in releasing this episode, but it's because I've been kicking around this particular topic. I didn't want to go with a guest this week, and I wanted to, for our 40th episode, tackle something that uh, has been surfacing a lot lately in conversations with different people, and it's ED, and it's not, you know, erectile dysfunction, get your minds out of the gutter, but it's actually entrepreneurial depression. and with everything going on in the world, so many of us are either working on our passion projects, exploring, uh, launching YouTube channels, doing drop shipping, eBay flipping, etc., And so many people are looking to turn that into their full-time jobs or just get out of the grind of working for someone else. And a recurring theme that I've noticed with many people is varying levels of depression when it comes to doing doing the going on this journey whether it's depression because they don't have the a support system to help them or depression because they're not making money or depression because they've sunk a lot of money into it and are now either you know just not not doing well financially or maybe covid hit and they were doing well and they've just taken a massive hit And the thing about it is different people I've talked to have been experiencing different levels of it. Uh, Someone I know has a brick and mortar store and their brick and mortar store got hit hard initially and they had to pivot, find ways to. Uh, service their clients and get their stuff out there. Uh, Some other people have taking that have been in the in the fitness industry have gone from personal training where the gyms obviously were closed in many parts of the country and went to Zoom classes, digital classes, YouTube content creation, doubling down on social media. Uh, It's been crazy. Then, of course, there were people who were um, really, really big eBay flippers, you know, doing the garage selling thing, you know, kind of like the stuff Gary V talks about. But these are people that have done been doing it for years, you know, going and especially with the nice weather here in New York City, uh, garage sales were huge. And because obviously people were scared of covid foot traffic, uh, you know, cross contamination, et cetera. That took a massive, massive hit. But as I said, the recurring theme is different people were down in the dumps about a lot of things, and I've gone through varying periods of that, and I wanted to address it because it's something not too many people really want to sit down and talk about. You know, A lot of people want to know, um, they, they want to buy the sausage, but they don't want to know how the sausage is made. Uh, it's a cliched saying, but it's very, very true. People are primed and ready to hear about what you're doing, but they don't want to know about the struggles or they downplay it and oversimplify what goes into this. So obviously I'm going to share more personal anecdotes, but I definitely want to hear from any of you creators and entrepreneurs that are out there um, exploring and dealing with this stuff. And if you want to have a conversation on air, about it, I definitely am open to exploring it further, but I'm going to use myself as a perfect example. Um, I've been a content creator since 2006. So there's 14 years of experience under my belt as a podcaster, um, a written content creator, product reviews, etc. cetera. Um, all of it self-taught and pretty much the, the school of YouTube and the school of reading on the internet. But a lot of it, the thing about it is, especially in the early goings, it's like, oh, you know, it'd be cool if, you know, my podcast takes off and I make a little money, et cetera, et cetera. And I didn't think about be turning it into a career or turning it into any sort of job. And when I launched the My Take Radio website, I said, oh, this is cool. Um, putting a little bit more skin in the game with written content, product reviews, et cetera and when that converted to RageWorks and i retired my take radio it was that tipping point where i said to myself okay you've rebranded what now and number one was well i gotta start trying to have this make money so that i can decide if it makes good money can i do this full time and the funny thing about it is that and i'll start with the podcasting side first Many, many people are getting into podcasting, especially now um, that they're home, that they're scratching that creative itch, and too many people are hung up on, we're going to make money, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I'm going to be the next Joe Rogan. I'm going to be the next Tim Ferriss. And I got to tell you, and it comes off a little rough. It's like that shit is not how you have to look at this. That, That mode of thinking can't do it. And I'll tell you why. People see that Joe Rogan got a multi-million dollar deal with Spotify, but they forget that Joe Rogan was on the road doing stand-up for years and years and years. Joe Rogan was on Fear Factor. Joe Rogan um, you know, was the vo- is the voice of the UFC. There's a lot of other things that Joe Rogan did that led to Joe Rogan being in the position he is in. Tim Ferriss's podcast. Many people they just assume, "Hey, Tim Ferriss has a podcast." But Tim Ferriss has written a bunch of books, done various other things before launching his podcast. it, it, it was almost it's almost like a, like a cheat code at that point. It's no different than you know Barack Obama. Let's say waking up tomorrow and saying, "I'm going to podcast." If you're a fan of Barack Obama politically or as an individual, you're going to check it out because it's a name, you know, you connect with the person. If you're into podcasts, you're going to give it a shot. And it's just that simple. There's there are outliers. There always are outliers. And I will say that I don't want to dissuade nobody, but there's a lot of work that goes into it. There's in order for you to start converting and making money, obviously, you have to bring value you have to have a certain sound. You have to really put your feet to, to the pavement. And as somebody who did it for 14 years, I can say that, you know, my Take Radio made its fair share of money and full transparency. At no point did it reach a stage where it could replace my day-to-day job. Just It just wasn't there. Numbers were there, but getting advertisers, trying to... Explain to advertisers how podcasting works, um especially back then, because everybody looked at podcasting the same way you look at terrestrial radio, and that's not the case. Podcasts are evergreen, there's new listeners coming in every week, some people for the first time, some people hopping in on a certain episode there's there's a lot of there's a lot of little nuances to it before. Uh, podcast advertising hits certain certain tractions. Now, obviously, if you're doing a show that's about, you know, Amazon, it's very easy to link to Amazon, link to its services, etc. And you can generate affiliate income. That's one of the first things I tell anybody who's podcasting that says, hey, I'd like to make money. First questions I ask is, do you talk about products? Do you talk about software? Do you talk about services? If you answer yes to any of those, go to those your favorite software, your favorite services, and fish around their sites. See if they have an affiliate program. Sign up, and if you genuine and uh, first and foremost, if you genuinely believe in the product, use the product and see value in the product for your audience. Then sign up, get a promo code, release it on air, put it in your show notes, do the diligence, and. If it's something that people can get use out of, that's affiliate income. The next thing everybody will tell you is, hey, create products. Creating products is awesome, but you have to make sure you have a market for those products. And let me explain. During the the My Take Radio era, many people were, hey, 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 you should create T-shirts. You should create this. You should create that. So, you know, you go, you try and find the the lowest barrier of entry and you create some t-shirts. So obviously, if you're not screen printing or doing all the work yourself, you're going through a company that does it for you. They charge what they charge. You get a commission and you make a little money. So I did a t-shirt. I think I charged like 20 bucks or $18 and next thing you know. People message me on the side. Hey, man, you know, I'd love to get a shirt, but, you know, you're charged, that's a lot. $18 is a lot. And the thing that got me, obviously, was I got angry and many, many podcasters or creators that are out there, you're going to get angry because you're going to say this is the same person that will spend, I don't know uh, $20 for, for alcohol or the same person that'll piss away money on this or that. But they're my friend or they're my family member and they can't support my work because my pricing is too expensive. And I bring that up because it's, it's one of the easiest things to not only make you mad, but also get under your skin because, you're saying to yourself, "These people aren't don't have any value. They don't value what I'm doing." And the thing about it is that that right there is is pretty much one of the first blocks that leads to to the ED, to the entrepreneurial depression. Because right there, you're like, "Geez, you know, they ask for the stuff I create it. I go through the trouble of making a design, whatever work goes into it, and people aren't can't be bothered to." create a t-shirt to buy a t-shirt or a hat or a sticker, et cetera. And I got to tell you, it sucks. You know, I remember when that person responded to me, I was like, well, that's the price, you know, especially I'm not making the shirts myself. The company's got to make money. I got to make my cut. I mean, if you really wanted to support, you'd buy the shirt. I said to the person, but based on, on the fact that it's quote unquote too expensive for you, you you're not you're not really interested in supporting and they were like oh no no that's not it you know i'm just saying that you know that's a lot for a shirt and my response to them was you buy wrestling shirts right and the person wrestling fan like me was like yeah and i said how much is a shirt from wwe.com for the rock oh 1950 2450 okay so because you're a fan of the rock you're gonna buy the $24.50 shirt, right? And the person was like, Yeah. I said, How much is a shirt from, uh, whatchamacallit, uh, clothing, a clothing brand that we both like? Oh, it's $35. Oh, so you're not, yeah, but I like the shirt, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, Yeah, but the $35 is a no brainer. And it's the same thing. And I gotta tell you, if you're a creator, You know, don't, don't get hung up on people not supporting because it's, it's better to have 10 diehard fans than a hundred fair weather ones. I'm being honest. You want the people that eat, sleep and breathe what you're doing that comment on your first post on, on Instagram or are checking out your video as soon as you upload it, sign up for notifications engage with you, tell you what they like, tell you what they didn't like. Those are the people you got to cultivate. Those are the people you have to grow. Those are the people that you have to engage with because honestly, those are the people that are going to be the biggest part of your business. And sometimes, and you know, Gary Vee's talked about this, and sometimes you got you to gotta fire some friends and you got to fire some family members because you're trying to do this thing and If you're if your support system isn't there, you're going to go into that spiral where you're fighting an uphill battle by yourself. I remember doing my take radio and doing that 11 p.m. to 2 a.m. um, broadcasting schedule. And my wife, who was my girlfriend at the time, you know, if she were staying over or whatever, she would throw on some headphones or throw on some earplugs to sleep. And I would do the show when she would be staying over, you know, she didn't, she didn't complain. She didn't have any issues with it. She just said, Hey, you know, I'll just throw on a sleep mask and some headphones or I'll throw on a sleep mask and some earplugs and you do what you got to do. And that's, that was commonplace for quite a long time. It was, it was the norm for a long time. And the thing about it is when I built my home office, now home office and studio, same thing you know i need to go to ikea build furniture this that many sleepless nights and she'd be right there and things like that you know they they really are a shot in the arm sometimes people don't need to to tell you straight up hey i believe in you but they need to say hey you know i liked it or hey i reshared it etc cetera, etc cetera, and you i i set it on on Facebook not too long ago, that stuff like that, that's, that's the oxygen that, that creators thrive on that engagement, even the negative stuff, you know, those negative YouTube comments. I, you know, I try to, I try to, to turn those people a little bit, but some people can't be helped and they're just negative and it is what it is. But sometimes if it's a comment that kind of comes off a little, a little brash, you, you, you try and embrace it. You try and adjust and respond accordingly but even still that attention it's there and somebody was invested enough to consume your content and it made them feel whatever annoyed angry etc and then they were they were they they moved ahead with it but you know people like i said they don't they don't talk about this stuff and i wanted to really bring that to light um I know a lot of, a lot of my creator friends who are doing stuff. They, they get the, the, Oh, you know, do this for me. I'll share it with my, with my friends or I'll put it out here instead of payment for someone's services or someone's talents. That's another thing that I know a few creators that are just depressed. They'll be like, especially if they're artists and their art is really good. They'll go, they'll draw a piece. Their friend will be like, Oh man, can you draw me X? Yeah, you know, usually my commissions are this. Yeah, dude, but you know, the 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 old the old friend the old friend discount. And the thing about it is it's it's you you're you're in a two you have two options in that situation. You do it and your friend is super passionate, puts it out there and helps convert that into potential business, which does happen. But the other side of the coin is that you got to check them and you got to say, Hey, listen, you know, drawing takes a long time. Um, pen, paper, ink, whatever it is, you know, this is, this is expensive stuff. And, you know, I'm trying to grow a portfolio. I'm trying to run a business here. So if you want to buy a piece, it's X, You have to let your friends know that your time is valuable. I always like to say you can get back a dollar, but you can't get back a minute. You know, I say it often, and it's because I've heard it in different iterations over the years, but it's true. You can get back a dollar, but you can't get back a minute. And the thing about it is that if you're an artist and you draw and, and you're really about your craft... A picture is going to take half an hour, an hour, especially if you're very good because you're meticulous and you want to make it look a certain way. And there's a certain expectation you have as a creator. And again, that devalues and creates a strain and a, a factor that a lot of creators and entrepreneurs have to deal with that people don't talk about. You know, and I think that, and I'm putting this out there both to the entrepreneur and to those of you that are customers or friends of entrepreneurs. Do yourselves a favor. If your friend or family member or whatever you want to support them and they put out a product, an ebook, whatever it is, buy it, pay full price for it. Maybe if you do or you don't, at the end of the day, you help that person out. And it's, it's huge. You don't understand the amount of value that there is in that. And who knows, maybe you say, Hey, I'm going to buy this and they'll give you a discount code or they'll do something because they care about you as a friend. And that'll be it, you know, give without any expectation. And I think that that's, that's a big problem. Like I said, for artists, for web designers, for people that are voiceover actors. I mean, a, a buddy of mine who I met through some mutual friends, he's a voice actor. And um, I reached out to him and I said, Listen, I'd love for you to do the intro for Toys and Tech of the Trade. He asked some questions and he gave me a rate. He go, he said, The going rate for a voiceover is X. I didn't balk at it. I didn't say, eh, You know, it's too much, whatever. He gave me a price. I said, Okay. I'm going to think about it and I'll get back to you. So in thinking about it, I only said that because I wanted to not just jump in without any preparation, but I said, okay, I'm going to get him a sample of what I'm looking for. I'm going to um, break down what I need. And then I said, listen, can I give you half upfront and half upon completion? And we were in agreement and we're going to move forward and I'm going to pay him what his rate is. I could have turned around and said, hey, man, could you do it for 200 or do it for 150? No, that is the rate. That's the rate they gave me. And either I could say yes or I could say no. And I think that that's the better part of of especially with friends. Just be honest. If they give you a number and you really want to support them, be like, listen, I'd love to support you, you know, money's a little tight or maybe I can't do it right now but you know if you do something else or something in my price range or you have a different product or hell just be like do you have a kickstarter or a paypal or cash app and just give them give them the money you know say hey i your your shirt is a bit expensive but you know what i want to help you out here's here's 10 bucks or even if you if you don't want to help monetarily listen to them let them let them tell you about their business see if you can provide something something of value that can help them and sometimes that's that's what you need but like i said these are these are things that are big factors in in entrepreneurial depression um the other one is if you're working a day job and you're investing every ounce of energy into your side hustle to make it become your day job. It's it's always tough to try and get in and juggle two things. But I gotta tell you, sometimes you gotta play the long game and you have to understand that if your focus is split, you're gonna get the results you're gonna get, but you gotta work hard if you want better results. Meaning, in my case, um when I was really Hardcore doing stuff with RageWorks. I was working my regular job, forty hours a week, and I would be starting posts on my phone, starting posts when I went to the bathroom in drafts, uh, starting posts at my at my desk on my lunch break, etc. Come home, have dinner, do two or three hours of writing. Boom, put out my posts. That would be it. If I had games to review, I'd play them at night, etc. That all changed after I got married and my daughter was born. But nonetheless, you have to you have to be respectful of the time that you're going to apply for your craft. I'm being honest. And a lot of people, they'll sit here and they'll say your business would be growing faster if you weren't watching Netflix or you weren't doing this and you weren't doing that. And sure, that that, that's true to a point. And I want to say that it's true in the sense that if you're complaining that your business isn't growing and it's because you're doing one social media post a week or you're not creating enough content and instead you're watching TV or playing Madden or et cetera, there nobody wants to hear that. Nobody wants to hear those excuses. And I, I I hate to paint it this way, but it's like, no one cares. It's your baby. It's your business. Put the work in. You want, 10,000 followers on Instagram and you want to buy, you know, by the end of the year and you're at 5,000 right now, then, you know, you got to create content. You got to go on Instagram live. You got to do different things. You got to put your Instagram handle in your email signature, all of that stuff. You got to constantly create content. You got to research. You have to research hashtags. I think that. That's one of the toughest things. There's a lot of people that, and I heard this recently, they call themselves want You know, it's wantrepreneurs. Everybody wants a bunch of stuff, but they're not going to put in the work. They're really not. I mean, it took years, years for me to, when we were hosted on Libsyn to hit like a hundred thousand downloads, years of work and grinding and, Editing and expecting and this and that and when I hit that hundred thousand, it was awesome, and I wasn't even chasing it Um, YouTube is a great example To get monetized on YouTube you need a thousand subs I'm at 712 I think and could I be at a thousand at this point? Yes Why am I not at a thousand because I'm I'm I, I suck at creating videos I really do, because for as much as I do with podcasts and as much talking as I do, videos are still something I'm not comfortable with, you know, looking into the lens, trying to be engaging, etc. It's it's difficult. But I know that YouTube, especially with product reviews and toys and stuff like that, I got to grow it. I got to work at it. But I know I'm self-aware enough that I know that, hey. If you want a thousand subs, you got to put a video out a week or at least two videos out a week and you got to learn and they're not always going to be great. And that's another thing that a lot of people, they worry about, they, it it bums them out. Oh, this isn't my best video. This isn't, not everything, not every at bat is going to be a base hit. Not every at bat is going to be a home run. You're going to strike out here and there, but don't look at it as failures. Look at it as lessons. You did a podcast. The episode the the audio wasn't good. That's okay. You can either re-record it or you can put it out there and and learn from your mistakes. Listen, I went back and I listened to old 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 my take radio episodes and they were just not great. I wasn't good at editing. I hadn't mastered leveling. I hadn't worked on who knows. There was there were so many different flaws, even when we were doing the live shows back in 2009, all the way to episode 400. There were there were different things. Maybe the caller dropped out. Maybe the switchboard wasn't working. Maybe that night I wasn't at 100 percent. You'd be surprised. And again, those are things that when you're trying to grow something and you believe in it. They bum you out. They they get under your skin, and you say to yourself, man, I suck, or maybe I shouldn't do this. Maybe I shouldn't do that. Listen, I'm telling you, and it's going to sound all hoity-toity and inspirational, but I'm going to be honest. Do that show. Create that video. Start that Instagram account. Start that blog. Do all of that, because there's nothing worse then looking back and saying, damn, I should have, I should have done the podcast or I should have done the blog, et cetera. Even if you do it and and you quit or you, or you, or it's not for you, but you learn lessons from that. You learn a lot of them being honest. You know, I worked at a, at my employer, my former employer for 19 years. And listen, I didn't wake up when I was a kid, and say, "Oh, I want to be behind a desk working in Excel." On the contrary, when I was a kid, I wanted to be a vet. I wanted to be a chef. My mom wanted me to be a lawyer, and needless to say, I didn't do any of that. I mean, I did. I did graduate from high school. What they call an animal science endorsed diploma, and I was close to getting into. Uh, That particular field. And then, you know, college took me to learn criminal justice. And, you know, after I left college, after my mom got sick, you know, uh, learned a bunch of other stuff. And here I am. So again, those are, those are, you take from those experiences. Even working in my day job, there were a bunch of things I didn't like. There were a bunch, I didn't like the office politics. I didn't like, you know, all the minutia that goes at working in an office environment, but I learned a lot. I had uh, certain people that were, I considered mentors, close friends, and I learned a lot from them. I learned about, you know, being tactful and running a business and learning how to talk to people. And sometimes those lessons came from me watching them. And other times it came from me saying, that's not how I would want to do things. And that's the thing. A lot of people, they sit here and they'll idolize, you know, Steve Jobs. And Steve Jobs was an amazing, amazing person. Um, did a lot of amazing things. But I got to say, a lot of people said that he was an asshole, you know, and sometimes that's that's how it goes. Uh, same thing with Elon Musk, Jeff, Jeff Bezos, you know, Bill Gates, these guys, they're driven and sometimes the, the way that they approach business and life isn't for everyone. And you know what? Sometimes you got to surround yourself with people that are similar to you, that challenge you, that give you ideas, that, that really want to help you be better. Because at the end of the day, iron sharpens iron. You have to surround yourself with people that are, that are doing or are on the verge of doing something you want to do you want to start doing YouTube on fashion, then read fashion blogs, check out YouTube channels about fashion, comment on those videos, learn from those creators, be a part of their community. And while you're in there bringing value, interacting and learning things, you can in fact build yourself up and become a resource. Maybe you need to, Reach out to that fashion, you know, that fashion blogger or fashion YouTube person that you're following and say, hey, you know, I really liked your videos. Listen, I do graphic design, would love to create a lower third for your video. Uh, Do it for you free of charge. Here it is. If you like it, Um, you know, keep me in mind or recommend me to other people that may need lower thirds, and I'll gladly help them out. And sometimes that's all you need. Honestly, I did a meeting with someone for uh podcasting uh that they were interested in learning about or having me trial a a software and they were like hey you know you've you've been incredibly helpful you've given me a lot to think about you know what can I do for you and I said listen you know a recommendation speaks volumes if you know anybody that wants to get into podcasting wants to learn tell them to reach out and I'll help them out and that's what it is Um, the other thing I want to mention is gatekeepers, gatekeepers, whether you're a gatekeeper or the information you're looking for is being kept from you by a gatekeeper. It's incredibly disheartening. And I'll say this because when you're trying to learn, we were all beginners once and you know, I'll use, I'll use when you're a kid learning how to ride a bicycle. If your dad or your mom knows how to ride a bicycle and they can teach you and you ask them to teach you and they say no, because they own, they want to be the only ones that ride a bicycle. It's, it's, it, it sucks, you know? And it's like, why won't you help me? Why won't you teach me? And the funny thing is that the information a lot of people have in their heads that they think is this unique, special, uh, insightful stuff. A lot of it, a lot of it is, but a lot of it is just stuff that you learned that somebody can learn by watching YouTube or reading a couple of blog posts or listening to a podcast. So rather than gatekeep that information and think that it's yours, 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 and that you shouldn't share it with the world, why not share it? why not become the resource why not become the person that gives brings value to the table i remember there was a guy i'm not going to name him he has a podcast he reached out uh did a wrestling podcast and the thing about it was he'd reach out via skype whatever always asking what do you do for this for the podcast what do you do for that and i'd just be like eh, you know i do this i do that i wasn't gatekeeping but I'm a very big believer in do some research, come to the, come to the table with something be, and, and don't just come with a blind ask because that's the worst part. Come to the table and say, Hey, you know, I looked, uh, uh, leveling and I noticed that somebody recommended this. Hey, what do you use for leveling? Do you think that's good software? You know, is it something I should check out? That's how you do it. Not hey, how do you level? Did, tell me. Can, no, can you tell me what you use to level? It's like, geez, did did you did you even search? Did you even do some sort of homework? And don't misunderstand. Sometimes some people would rather just ask those closest because they don't want to learn about you know go through the Google nonsense or read a bunch of blog posts or whatever. And and I understand that. But the problem is that again, if you're not comfortable with that person and that person isn't a friend for you to say, "Oh, I'd like to pick your brain for a minute," don't don't do that, don't because you're gonna get hit with rejection because you're not bringing nothing to the table. You're not showing that you've learned. You're not showing that you've uh, consumed any of that person's content. Nothing. It's just gimme, 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 and you're bringing nothing to the table. And I think that. That leads to, like I said, a lot of gatekeeping, because some people, hey, buy my course. Hey, do this. Hey, do that. And that's fine. You know, like that's a business. But I think that you have to you have to be present in the sense that if you sell a course and somebody asks you a question and they're part of your community, it's very easy to say, oh, buy my course and you'll get the answer. But you know what? Give them the answer. Sometimes give them the answer because especially if they come to you and they said hey you know I've I heard this podcast of yours or I watched this YouTube video you did or I read this article and I was unsure about X they've already pre-enrolled themselves in your content just answer the question that's it with within reason i, I like i said if it's something where they, they, they're just cold, they're just coldly asking and aren't doing any legwork, then yeah, you you have the right to refuse. And I remember, like I said, this person, they asked all this stuff and I just, you know, I told them like, Hey, do this or, or look here. That's what I said. I you know, you could probably find that on YouTube or you could probably do that on this. So by the fifth or sixth ask, they were like, Oh, why is that? Whenever I ask you for something, you know, you just tell me to look here or do this, you know, and why, why don't you want to help me? And I said, I want to help you, but I also want to help you seek out that information first. And then once you know it, come to me and we can talk it through. Don't just come to me because I got to stop what I'm doing, you know, find out what it is. And and it's just, it's just, you're a taker and and you don't want to be that. You don't want to be a taker because that's that's the worst thing you can be and again as a creator, you get bummed out because or as an entrepreneur because sometimes you have to say no going back to what I said before sometimes you gotta fire your friends or you gotta fire your family members or you gotta fire clients you you have to cut out those those takers those people that they're their anchors when you're trying to, you know, the old crabs in the bucket, you know, the crabs trying to get out and none of the other crabs want to let the crab out of the bucket that you don't want to do that. You want to be present, be helpful, bring value, but you also want people to respect your time, respect your experience and respect what you bring to the table. Cause like I said, a lot of this stuff, it weighs heavy, 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 you know, heavy is the crown. For for a lot of people that are working on their t-shirt business, their custom mugs, whatever it is, at 3 a.m. right now, they're doing that because they want to not only do something cool, but they want to provide their family a better life. Maybe they they don't want that low-paying job that they'll never get promoted at. Maybe this this is it. Maybe, you know, uh, quoting the Mandalorian, maybe this is the way. And it's, it's hard. It's there, there's a lot of loneliness in a lot of this stuff because people, they're either, like I said, dealing with gatekeepers and not getting a straight answer, which leads to some sort of depression. Otherwise, you know, if they're not making sales or they're not gaining traction, it's, it weighs heavy and people, some people, they just quit. And, and the thing about it is they'll quit and they're so, some of them are so close to, to going over that hump or, or breaking that hurdle and to see them quit. It's just, it's just disheartening. It's, it's crazy. Um, a fellow podcaster, I had posted, um, what my plans are for 2021, which I'm going to share in a moment. And I said, you know, your people's engagement, their comments, their belief, that's, that's a creator's oxygen. And the person was like, you know, I, I, I wish you luck. And I wish more people thought of it that way instead of not being there at all. And then one day randomly asking you, why don't you do X, Y, Z that you did before? And I could tell that there was, there was sadness in that sentence. There was, you know, it was, they they were disheartened and it's, it sucks, man. It, It really does. And the thing about it is, like I said, how, how do you help your, your friends or your loved ones that are, that are trying to do these these entrepreneurial things. Like I said, number one, listen. Listen first and foremost. Listen to them. Hear them out. If you can bring something to the table, great. If you can't, just listen. Number two, support. If, if they're kickstarting something or selling T-shirts or whatever, just, just buy whatever it is. Buy it at full price. What the hell... Don't even tell them you're going to buy it and just buy it and then maybe surprise them. Maybe meet up with them and you're wearing that sweatshirt or you're wearing that t-shirt or you got that mug or whatever it is. Do that. Support them without any strings. Don't don't expect a homeboy hookup or anything. Just just do that. The other thing. If you you know, you want to be present, those are those are the things you got to do. If you don't want to or you can't support them like I said, financially, then maybe reshare a post. Maybe if it's something that they worked on, maybe post it. If you're on LinkedIn, hey, you know, my friend does this blog on cats. If any of my fellow connections are into cats, you might guys might want to read this. Sometimes that's enough, but you need to do that because your your entrepreneurial friends, loved ones, et cetera, they're 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 struggling. There's self-doubt. There's sleepless nights. There's a lot of things. And I'm gonna tell you, when when I lost my job May first, you know, all I had was my obviously my savings, et cetera. But all I had was Rageworks, like the website and this podcast and the the Rageworks network. And I said to myself, Man, you know, what do I do? And number one, I said, well, it allows me to create more. Yes. Do do I want to sit here and make all of this my full-time job? Absolutely. But it takes time. It takes a lot of hard work. And in the midst of me still searching for, for a new job, you know, I'm still doing podcasts. I have guests through September and October and I think even November. Uh, the Rageworks Network, we're trying to bring in some additional shows, where we just did the big migration over to podcast.co uh just just a, a, a lot of stuff um pushing for linkedin doing more linkedin posting so there's been a lot that I've been doing number 1 to keep myself busy number 2 I have a responsibility as even as an entrepreneur I have a responsibility to uh the rageworks podcast network host um, to make sure their shows get out, their stuff is edited and crystal clear. I have a responsibility to you, the listeners of this podcast, to ensure that I get something out there, that it brings you value, that it educates and it entertains, you know, it enlightens, educates, and entertains, you know, three E's uh, with that. But the other thing is I got to do it for me, you know, just to keep myself sane. I think that those are very, very important Because like I said, you go down this rabbit hole and nobody's buying my stuff. Nobody, nobody likes what I'm doing, et cetera. And you'd be surprised. Listen, you know, random podcaster on the internet. Don't be sad that you got 20 downloads for that show. Realize that there are 20 people out there that are hanging on your every word. Talk to those people. Engage with those people. You know, do do that. Because at the end of the day, you probably don't talk to 20 people in a week, maybe not even in a month. And here you are, you got 20 people every month hanging on your every word because they give a damn about what you bring to the table. I remember years ago, somebody said, hey, you know, I love when you do the show. I listen to it on my drive to work. It keeps keeps my mind clear. Uh, and it puts a smile on my face because you talk about nonsense or whatever it was, just very a very, you know, casual comment for one of the podcasts we did way back when. And you'd be surprised, man. You you'd be surprised how that one video, that one blog post, etc. might resonate with somebody. I saw there's a guy on TikTok. He does inspirational videos, but he does them with a with a with a mean face even like he does like very aggressive positivity and it's funny. It's a very unique take. And he was like, Hey, and he's like yelling into the camera. He's like, Hey, you know, I believe in you and whatever you're thinking about that may hurt you or your family. Don't do it. And the thing about it was that a girl actually did a duet on Twitter, which is, it's like almost like you're responding to that, to a, to a, um, excuse me, TikTok you're responding to another video. So the person did a duet of that video and they wrote like, this person doesn't know how much I needed to hear this. And that particular uh, TikTok creator, he's talked about that before. Like, man, you know, who, I just did these for fun, but people people rely on this stuff. And that's the thing. You, You may be out there saving someone's life. And you don't even know it. You might be out there giving somebody inspiration through a tough time and you may not even know it. And that's the other thing, too. If, if you don't get any comments or you don't get as many likes or etc., don't don't think of it as as, you know, shitty content. Just think of it like, well, maybe I got to tweak it up for next time. And that's it. Don't don't get hung up on it. Keep moving forward. Don't look back. Keep moving forward. That's, uh, that's the, uh, the whole thing in a nutshell. And most importantly, if you're, if you're dealing with this stuff and you're feeling bummed, stressed out, whatever the case may be, do me a favor, find someone, anyone, and let them know what you're going through. Do not suffer in silence as a creator or an entrepreneur. Don't do it because it's going to it's going to eat you up inside and you're going to end up taking something you love and hating it because you didn't talk to someone or or just, you know, let them help you shoulder that burden. And it could be anybody. It could be on Twitter. It could be in your Facebook group, whatever. Hell, it could be me. You know, like I said, an email goes a long way. Hey, I'm a creator. This is what I'm going through. Put it on an email. Send it out. Like I said, send it to me. Send it somewhere, but get it out of your system because otherwise, like I said, it's just gonna it's gonna rot you from the inside, and you don't want that. Find your resources. Be be of service. Be of value, and you'll your 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 endeavors they'll they'll take off in their own unique way. I I did an episode a while back about my meeting with Gary Vee and how he almost killed my business. And I was so wrapped up on the dollars, the dollars, the dollars, instead of being wrapped up on bringing value and the money would come. Don't get, don't get me wrong. You know, I'm still not sitting here swimming in money like Scrooge McDuck, but you know, things take off. You, you, you make money, you become a resource. People want to work with you, et cetera. So there's been a lot of awesome stuff in that regard. So, before we wrap things up, because we're going to hit the one hour mark, um, my next, my next endeavor. So I put the, what I, what I'm about to tell you folks on Facebook to hold myself accountable, but I'm also sharing it here because now it's even more, more to be accountable. So as someone who's been podcasting a long time, one of the hardest things that many of us deal with is a space for our show. Uh, whether you're a podcaster, especially, and a YouTuber or a streamer, having a space to create in many instances is very, very difficult, either because your your living situation is not conducive to it or you just don't have the right layout, et cetera. So you're probably wondering, where, where do I come in? So what I'd like to do is my goal is by spring of 2021 is open a creative space here in New York City, uh, or Long Island, um, which is part of New York and, um, open a creative space where people can come in, record podcasts, do their YouTube videos, maybe live stream. I was even thinking that they could come in and stream like video games and stuff, but that, that, that's a bigger endeavor. But at minimum, come in, record podcasts, record YouTube videos, uh, photography if they want to shoot some products or, you know, just need a, a quiet space to to shoot a model, etc. We want to offer something like that. I've seen spaces do uh, like YouTube does a creator space, etc. But I want to do a creator space that can not only check off a lot of boxes, but allow people to to come in and create without needing to invest in in, in a bunch of gear. Like they're just paying for the experience. Like if you want to record a podcast, don't worry about the mic. Don't worry about anything. Just worry about bringing an SD card, maybe your guest and pressing record. That's it. Or we'll press record for you. And you just talk into the microphone. It's, it's that simple. And I think that especially in this, current climate a lot of people they're trying to do stuff and they can't do stuff in-house but they also don't want to go outside or go to any big places so you know i want to offer that that space and that resource for them to be able to come and create so i posted that on facebook like i said i did it to put it into the ether to hold myself accountable and i'm sharing it here with you folks because as as i said This is one of those instances where I know nothing about starting a brick and mortar business. I only know one thing, podcasting. Well, two things, podcasting and content creation. And right now I'm trying to figure out how to get a space, how to, you know, do you incorporate, do you form an LLC, all of the stuff I'm going through the rabbit hole of all this information. And the biggest, of course, being money. How am I going to fund it? Am I going to crowdsource? Am I going to take out a business loan? Am I going to bring in some partners, etc.? All of these questions have been just in my head this entire time. And it's crazy. You know, these are things that, like I said, I don't, I, I've talked about it with my wife and she's fully on board and supportive and she thinks I can do it. But again, I'm sitting here. I'm like, how am I going to get money? What if I open it and nobody comes to do shows? How am I going to pay rent? What happens if nobody's creating or nobody wants to pay money? You know, like there's different things. There's different, different hurdles and different hells that mental hells that I'm putting myself through, but I believe in it. I think there's a place for it. And, you know, hopefully, hopefully we have a conversation in 2021 in the spring And I'll be telling you folks that we got a space or we're doing the grand opening, etc. The only the only thing I will put out there is that in the next few weeks, I am going to set up a landing page just to collect emails, keep people up to date uh, about that project. If you happen to know some logistics with regards to opening a brick and mortar, uh, let me know. If you're someone that's opened a recording studio in another state uh, and you have some insights into the process, by all means, feel free to reach out. And um, lastly, if there's anything I can do to help you folks besides, obviously, this podcast, let me know. Email me rich at RageWorks dot net. Uh, you can always reach out via social. Also, you can find the RageWorks brand on, on the social media platforms of your choice. Uh, usually pretty active on Instagram the most, just because it's the easiest and most accessible one. Uh, Twitter is a close second. And of course, if you're on Facebook, we have a Rageworks group. You can join, talk about all the stuff on the shows, talk about wrestling, toys, all, the, all that fun stuff. So you can check that out as well. All right. Um, that's That's pretty much it in a nutshell. But the the call to action I did wanna close out with is like I said, if you're on this journey and you need help, you feel lost, drop me a line, shoot me an email, um, slide into a DM, let me know. Hell, if if you wanna jump on a call just to kind of vent and get it out there and you need somebody to listen that's not a friend or a family member, you know, my ears are here. That's That's how it goes. We're all in this together. We're all creators. We're all fighting our struggles, doing what we got to do to make a better life for ourselves and our family. So anything we can do to help that along, we will definitely uh, do our best to make that happen. So with that said, that's going to wrap up episode 40 of Toys and Tech of the Trade. Uh, Like I said, feel free to reach out. Rich at RageWorks.net. If you'd like to be a guest on a future episode of Toys and Tech of the Trade, you can fill out our contact form on the RageWorks Network, RageWorksNetwork.com. And you can also find us on Podit or Matchmaker.fm, which are two booking services where if you are a potential guest, you can sign up. You can find Toys and Tech of the Trade on there, send me your bio, etc. And it's a good way to kind of streamline the guest process. Obviously, emails, contact forms, et cetera, are great. But we are on those services as well. Thank you, folks, for your continued support. And as I said at the start of the show, if you want us to do those little mini uh, audio reviews for toys and tech, uh, feel free to let us know either via social or via email. And maybe we'll experiment and do that in a future episode. Thank you guys for listening. I'm out of here. Peace. Toys and Tech of the Trade is part of the Rageworks Podcast Network, your source for rants about gaming, entertainment, and the works. Visit us at RageworksNetwork.com.